0: amen i love singing those christmas songs as they speak of the coming birth of our savior and i like how many of them also look forward to the return of jesus christ that uh, we're looking forward to today you think about the jews looking for their messiah for several thousand years and looking for him and waiting and waiting and waiting and hearing what the prophets foretold about him coming and then he came and uh, many were not ready when He came, even though the Lord had done many things to prepare them and to share that He was coming. And I hope that uh, we are paying attention, that we are ready because Jesus is coming again. He came once and He will come again and we are looking forward to that special day. Let's take our Bibles tonight, turn to Psalm 119, 119. This is the very middle of your Bible. And uh, I wanted to share a message tonight as we've been going through just a different Psalms as I've been reading and studying through the Psalms on my own and sharing some of the things that I've come across in this. Uh, one of the things that uh, we read about, especially the Apostle Paul talks about this in the New Testament, he talks about growing in Christ and faithful Christian living and walking with the Lord and walking in fellowship and Those themes are repeated a lot in the epistles, and uh, I think it's fun to see some of those things also as they're spoken of in the Old Testament as well. Psalm 119, if you've studied this at all, you know that it has a lot to do with the Word of God. What is the Word of God? What does it say? How we should apply it to our lives? And tonight I want us to think about this idea, that of consistent Christianity, living a consistent life for the Lord faithfully until He comes. And so let's begin. We're going to just read a few verses in the middle, well, kind of in the front half of the psalm. Let's put it that way. It's a long psalm. Verses 57 through verse 64. Verse 57 through 64. The psalm, as you notice, is divided into different sections. And uh, Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Daleth, each of those is a Hebrew letter. And in Hebrew, each uh, verse in the psalm in that section begins with that letter. Now, it doesn't translate into English that way, but that's just interesting, and maybe you've always wondered why that psalm was divided up like that. So we are in the one that looks like in your Bible as Cheth, verse 57. It says this, "'Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words.'" I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee. Because of thy righteous judgments, I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Of course, as I already mentioned, Psalm 19 is full of references to the Word of God, and you notice that in these verses. Notice in verse 57, he calls them thy. Word. Verse 58, he says, thy word. In 59, he calls it two different things, thy ways and my ways and thy testimonies. In verse number 60, he calls them thy commandments. Verse number 61, he speaks of thy law. Verse number 62, he speaks of God's righteous judgments. In verse number 63, he speaks of God's word and he calls them thy precepts. And in verse number 64, he speaks of God's word when he says, thy statutes. So in every single verse, he speaks about the word of God. And the word of God must be central to a consistent Christian life. Now, I've worked really hard on my alliterations and I've got six Ps for you. From this passage of Scripture, as we think about consistent Christianity and consistent Christian living. The first one I want you to notice is in verse 57. Notice David's purpose. He says in 57, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. David's purpose was to keep God's word. He said that God is his portion and only, in other words, he's saying he is only satisfied by God. It's quite a statement to say. And yet to learn to find satisfaction in one person or in one place, it requires going to that person or that place over and over and over again to find everything that we need and everything that we hope for in the Lord. David says God is his portion. Notice he also says in the second half of the verse, verse 57, I have said that I would keep thy words. David's purpose in following after God, he speaks of this as he says he would be ruled by God's word. He says, I will keep thy words. I will be obedient to the truth. Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. A little later in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, we read of he and his friends who purposed in their hearts to do right and not to defile themselves with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Joseph, clear back when he was in Potiphar's house, decided to do right even when he was alone. And here in verse 57... We see the psalmist writing and saying that he has a purpose to be obedient and to keep God's Word. And he uses that wonderful idea that God is his portion, that he finds all of his sufficiency, all of his hope, all of his answers in the Word of God. That's one thing that I believe absolutely that we should find our sufficiency in Christ. God's Word has all the answers that we need for this life, and yet how easily do we neglect the Word of God? If we're going to live consistent Christian lives as God would have us to live, we must have a purpose to be satisfied by God's Word and to obey God's Word with everything that we do. But notice he continues on as he speaks of his relationship with God in verse 58 when he says, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Since I've alliterated tonight, we see David's purpose in 57 and in 58, we see David's prayer. David prayed for God's favor. But I think it's interesting in his prayer in verse 58. Because notice the second half of the the verse, he prays that God would be merciful unto him according to thy word. In other words, David is not praying for God's mercy based on something that he had done. He was asking for God to be merciful to him based on the promises of God's word. David's prayer was based on God's promises, not on his own goodness. If we're praying for things based on what we deserve, we won't get very far. Because we don't deserve God's goodness. We don't deserve God's mercy. We don't deserve God's favor. And it's wonderful as he cries out to God that he's asking for God's mercy, God's blessing in his life based on God's promises to him. That's the right way to come to God in prayer, by the way to come humbly before Him, asking for God's favor, asking for God's blessing, asking God to answer prayers, not based on our own merit, but on what He has done for us. That's a proper attitude to have before God in prayer. That's not a presumptuous prayer. That's not a prideful prayer. That's not a prayer focusing on just His own benefit. It's praying that God would be faithful to do what God is going to do. You say, well, why do we even need to pray that prayer? Because isn't God going to be faithful to be who He is? And yet God wants to hear the prayers of His children. But as we pray, we can pray for God to do His will. In the New Testament, when Jesus gave us that example prayer, we know it is the Lord's prayer. He said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love this prayer as He says, Be merciful unto me according to thy word if we're going to be faithful and consistent in our christianity we must have the right purpose to be obedient to be dependent upon god's word and god's truth we must have the right prayer the right attitude before god asking for god's mercy not because i deserve it but because god is good, and because He is merciful, because He is patient, He is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. That's why we can come before God even in confidence tonight when we pray. And I know on our list we have people that are unsaved and we're praying, God, work in their hearts. God, save them from their sin. And We can pray with confidence knowing that that is God's desire that they would be saved from their sin, knowing that God is doing the work in their hearts that only He can do. And that gives us, ought to give us great confidence when we come before the Lord in prayer, knowing that we're praying according to His Word. So we see David's purpose, we see his prayer. Notice verses 59 to 61, then we see his pursuit. Verse 59 said, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. This is poetic, Right? He's considering His ways. I thought on my ways and I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Thy testimonies is another reference to the Word of God. David says, "I, I considered what direction I was walking in and I turned my feet so that I would be pointed into the way that is obedient to your Word, to thy testimonies if we're going to be consistent in our Christian walk with the Lord through the ups and downs of life, through the good days and bad, t- bad times, through the happy times and the sad times, we must consider our ways, think on our ways, and then turn our feet. That's a conscious decision. That's a choosing to walk in a certain path. That's not saying I've arrived, but I'm going to start walking in this direction. Sometimes we can take stock of our lives and we say, well, I'm not where I want to be. Well, we can't get where we want to be instantaneously. You don't just uh, transport from point A to point B. It's a walk. It's taking those steps. It's turning my feet after thy testimonies. God's Word is very clear, and as we read it and study it, we say, Lord, my feet aren't pointed that direction. I need to get my life turned around and pointed the way that you want me to. God, be merciful to me according to... Thy promise. David's pursuit, he he considered his way. Proverbs 4.26 says, Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. As David considered his way, verse 59, he chose then to follow God's way. Turned his feet unto thy testimonies. Notice verse 60, we see David's pursuit being described in even greater detail. He said, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. If we're going to be consistent in our walk with God, we must make a conscious choice to go God's way. And then he says, I hastened, I went quickly, I delayed not to keep thy commandments. Many times people say, well... I know that that's what I should be doing, but I'm going to wait until later to do it. I, I know I should be faithful. I know that's what God's Word said, but now's not a good time. I need to take care of some things first. Later, I will get to that. It never happens, right? He says, David says, I made haste and delayed not. To keep thy commandments. What is delaying you? What is keeping you from being obedient to God's commands? The truth is, I have to say, it's probably my pride. Because I think I know better, because I have another plan. I want to try my way first, and then <laughs> I'll try God's way. And, and, and that's clearly not a way to live a consistent Christian life. Instead, we ought to be humble. Children of God who say, God, if you've said it in your word, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it quickly. I'm not going to wait around. I'm not going to wait until everybody else figures it out and comes along with me. I'm not going to wait until, you know, everybody else seems to be excited about it like I'm excited about it. I'm just going to be obedient to what you've called me to do. And I would challenge you, if you want to be consistent, if you want to grow in your Christian life, when God shows you something from His word, obey it and don't delay. Quickly. Obey the Lord. David's pursuit, he hastened in God's way. And then notice verse 61, because now it gets a little bit difficult. At first, he's just considered his ways, and he points his feet towards the testimonies of the Lord. Then he says, I'm not going to delay. I'm going to get there quickly. But verse 61, now there's some resistance. The bands of the wicked have robbed me. See, when you try to walk in obedience to God's Word, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be the straightforward thing. Sometimes there's going to be some resistance. There's going to be those that come against you. But what does he say? But I have not forgotten thy law. God's Word, if we're going to be consistent, must be in our minds. It must be what we obey. David stayed in God's way no matter what happened. That's a hard thing to say, isn't it? Because reality is, kind of like a, a football player trying to run up the middle, he's going to get jostled and hit from side to side as those guys are coming at him trying to tackle him from every which way. But for him to be successful, he's got to remember where he's headed. I'm headed to the goal line. I'm, I'm headed for that touchdown. I'm going to keep... Running forward no matter what. No, I haven't forgotten which way I'm going. And as we face the difficulties in life, as people bring the, the problems from every which way, and as the devil tempts us, as we struggle with the ups and downs, even of our own emotions, we must be full of God's Word in our mind and living it out in our life. So even when we get knocked down, we get back up and we say, I haven't forgotten thy way. I'm still going forward to be who God wants me to be because God has spoken in His Word. This is David's pursuit after God. He pursued him with everything that he had. Now even King David himself wasn't always faithful, was he? And yet God called him a man after his own heart. I believe it's because of this kind of stuff that even when he got knocked down, even when he got distracted, even when he succumbed to temptation and committed grievous, gross sin, When he was confronted with it, he got right. He delayed not to be obedient to God, and he remembered God's judgments and stayed faithful in it. A man after God's own heart, a woman after God's own heart is not a perfect person. Rather it's someone who pursues after God even when they fail. The New Testament says it this way, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. When you fail, when you mess up, confess it, make it right. And go back and be faithful to the Lord. Don't forget His law. We see David's purpose, his prayer, his pursuit. Notice verse 62 as we think about this consistent Christianity or, or faithful relationship with God. Verse 62 says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. We can see here David's pondering as he's waking up even in the middle of the night to give thanks unto God. I'm starting to get to the age where occasionally I'll wake up thinking about things. It's taken me a long time because usually when I go to sleep, I'm dead to the world like maybe you are and don't know anything. I made it through five children, five babies and diapers and midnight feedings and all those things, slept through it without a single problem. Shandy, not so much. But there are times now, as I'm thinking about things and praying about things and thinking about issues and struggles in my life or in people in our church or people that I'm trying to witness to or minister to, I've woken up in the night. Praying for somebody, thinking about somebody. How can I help somebody? What's God doing in my heart? David is... Pondering, he's thinking about this. He said, I, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. This is a, a, an individual who's so full of God's goodness and God's faithfulness and the Word of God that even in the middle of the night he's waking up thinking about God and thinking about God's Word and, and giving thanks and praise to God. This is somebody who's thinking deeply about truth. It takes you thinking really deeply about something to wake you up thinking about it. It's got to be on your mind. If you're in a lot of pain, you may wake up and you go, oh, I'm in pain. When you're sick, you wake up, oh, I'm sick. (laughs) Because that's what's on your mind. It's what's on your heart. It's what you're thinking about. If there's a heavy burden that you're carrying, that's what wakes you up at night sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, and you're thinking about it. What a great testimony here of somebody who's so full of the Word of God and so close in his relationship with God that he's just waking up to give praise to God. who He is and what He's done. Notice then in verse 63, because I think any person who's going to live a consistent, faithful Christian life really needs to consider verse number 63. It says, I am a companion of all them that fear Thee, and of them that keep Thy precepts. I've heard a lot of preaching to teenagers because I was one and because I worked with teenagers for many years myself. And one of the things that many preachers would say to teenagers, and I think it would behoove us to hear even as adults, is this, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You it. In verse 63, he says, I'm a companion, I'm close with, I'm hanging out with, I'm spending time with the people, all them that fear Thee. Now, the Bible's clearly told us we are to be in the world and not of the world. It doesn't mean we can't speak with, be friends with, talk with, hang out with anybody but Christians. That would miss the point of having opportunities for evangelism. We understand that. But he's speaking about somebody who's pursuing after God. And he says, I, I want to make my close companions those people that fear God and of them that keep thy Precepts. These are people that fear God, people that kept God's commandments. Then the final thing we see in verse 64 tonight, and we could go on and on with many more characteristics of somebody who's living a consistent life for the Lord, but I think these six tonight are very representative of what would give us a consistent and faithful and growing Christian life, somebody who has the right purpose to be satisfied by God's Word, to be ruled by God's Word, somebody who has the right kind of prayer, someone who's praying for God to work based on His promises and not on our own merit, someone who pursues after God, that considers their ways and makes choices to fall after God, someone who ponders, who thinks on the truth of God and, and His Word and even gets up in the night to give thanks to God, someone who spends time with the right kinds of people, And finally, we see the results in His praise. Praise to God. The the earth, O Lord, is full of Thy mercy. It takes a right perspective to be able to look at everything going on in the world and say, Wow, the earth is full of Thy mercy. You have to have the right kind of biblical perspective to even be able to say that, don't you? I mean, I mean, you look at a lot of things like, this is not, doesn't feel like God's at work. Where is God? Things seem very dark. There's a lot of problems. We're discouraged. We're upset. We're frustrated. Things aren't going my way. How can somebody get up and say, the earth, O oh Lord, is full of thy mercy? That's either somebody who is completely clueless or someone who has an incredibly intimate relationship with his almighty God. And says, God, I know that things may be falling apart, and this may be a wreck, and these people may not be paying any attention, and these people who even claim to be Christians don't seem to be very Christian. <laughs> these people over here who, they're, they're just completely against anything to do with God altogether, and every time I try to do right, these people just seem to go the other direction, and, but to be able to say, the earth, O oh Lord, is full of thy mercy, is somebody who is walking in close Fellowship with His Heavenly Father who is seeing God at work. And then He finishes with that statement, Teach me thy statutes. One of the things the Lord has used in my life, and I've shared this before, but over the last few years, I I have not always been perfect in this, but I've tried to keep track of God's mercies and God's blessings and God's things along the way. I've found it to be a very helpful thing in my own walk with the Lord to keep my eyes on Him and not just on the circumstances. And last night, uh, I took some time to so try to, at the end of a year, do some reflecting on the previous year. I'm not super great at this, but I've wor- been working on keeping a bit of a journal ever since our church began and even a little bit before then, and just, just writing down thoughts and writing down blessings and writing down prayer requests and writing down struggles and writing down victories along the way. And I have to tell you, I was encouraged last night. God has done some wonderful things. This year hasn't always been up in every way. Everything does, hasn't always been exciting. There's been... Difficult things along the way. Health struggles. We have people going through health problems right now. There are financial struggles. People in our church dealing with some heavy financial burdens. There have been spiritual struggles galore. Sin is still very real. Death is still a reality. The problems are... Sometimes smacking us in the face every day. But as I was going back through and looking, at it, I said, wow, I can't believe that was only a year ago. Two years ago, this past Sunday, I was really excited. I wrote, I looked through my last two years. Two years ago, this past Sunday, I was pumped. We had 46 in church. It was a big day. Sunday night, we had 150 in church. Praise the Lord. It's not just about a number, but it represents a lot of changed lives over that period of time. A lot of people say, I was looking at all those kids singing Sunday night. A lot of those kids have been baptized at a Rise Baptist Church. Big chunk of them. Praise the Lord for that. Even quite a few of their parents have been baptized in our church. That's a blessing. thinking about where people have been. I I even look back at some of the meetings I had written in there, like I met with so-and-so on this day, and I remembered what that conversation was about that day. And then thinking, look at where they're at today. They're not perfect now, but they've come a long way in the last 12 months spiritually. God's made some big changes in their life as they've committed to following Him. There's a lot we can praise the Lord for. I would encourage you, if you are prone to you know, forgetting the past like I guess I am sometimes, go back and start just jotting down some things. I wrote in there about some fun things that we'd done with our children. You know, we had fun out playing basketball in the yard today. That was a good thing to remember. That's a blessing to even be able to do that or have the children to do that. Or, hey, we got to go see so-and-so today. We got to Pray with this person today and just recounting those simple blessings. The song says it, doesn't it? Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. This consistent Christian life, it's not always easy. But it's one, I think, that is attainable if we will. Continue to seek after God's Word with all of our heart. To pray and cry out to God based on His goodness to us, not because of what we've done. To pursue our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To consider our ways and choose to follow Him. And then as we think on the situations of life, to be able to give God thanks. As Thessalonians says, in everything, give thanks. I'm thankful for godly people to spend time with and to be encouraged by. And then he finishes with that praise, praising God for His mercy and then asking God to teach him the truth. I hope that as you consider... You know, maybe the last few months or year of your life or two or three or ten or twenty years. Look back and say, well, there have been areas where times when my feet weren't pointed in the right direction. God, help me to consider my way and I want my feet to walk in your precepts. Or there's been times I haven't spent time with those people that loved God and followed God. God, keep me in a place where I can be encouraged by others that are seeking to follow Him. God, sometimes my Prayers have been rather selfish and self-focused. Lord, I want my prayers to be in line with your will. A lot could be said about this, but I hope that as you think, even as I do as the end of a year coming up and another Christmas, another year, you know, just things passing by, that we would consider what God would have us to do as we continue to grow in our relationship with Him. And we'd be faithful to encourage one another, lift one another up. That's one of the reasons I love coming even on a Wednesday night. It doesn't matter to me that there's not everybody here that's here on a Sunday. I'm thankful for those that are here, that we can encourage one another. Some of you came straight from work to be here. Some of you might have been working as you were on your way here. Some of you may leave and go back and do some work tonight. Others of you are going to go home and try to get kids in bed, so you're up in school tomorrow. I know a midweek service is a big push to make it happen. and Thank you for being here. But you're a blessing to me by being here. It's an encouragement to me to see other people say, yeah, it's sometimes challenging, but I'm thankful to be able to seek after God. Thankful to praise Him together in song. Thankful to bow my head with another believer and, and pray and cry out to God and bring our requests before Him. And I'm looking forward to seeing what God will continue to do as we Walk by faith, not by sight, as we continue to pursue after Him with everything that we have and trust Him to do the work that only He can do.